Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Let's dive into the Word of God. 1 Peter chapter 5. We are talking to leaders in this uh, passage. Let's begin reading. It says, And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. Now what is an elder? We will see it uh, translated potentially shepherd. We might see it as a pastor. Uh, Let's just say we would call this a spiritually mature leader in the church. You don't have to have a title to be doing the work of the ministry, but this is someone that is committed to leading, to shepherding, and being an elder in the local body of Christ. And so he goes on, and I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, and now he's going to begin to give his instructions. And so I'm kind of preaching to myself today. I'm kind of teaching to me, the pastors, the, the, the leaders of the church. In verse 2, he says, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. If you're taking notes, write this down today. Shepherds must be nurturing. We must be nurturing in our care for the sheep. And and I see that that shepherds and elders and leaders in the church have a great responsibility and that our primary concern is for the health and the well-being of the sheep, of those who call Uh, for me, Rock Family Church, their home. Or if there are other pastors that are listening, your church home. And those that have been entrusted to you. And so what's interesting is when we go back when, when Jesus and Peter were having an encounter, Jesus said to Peter, he said, he asked him three times, he said, do you love me? And, and three times he responded, and the first time Peter responded, and he said, he said, yes, Lord, I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Now, the lamb is obviously the, the younger ones, and, and I believe what Jesus is challenging us as leadership of the church is to place a high, high priority upon the little ones and upon the young children that are a part of the family of God. Too many times, churches do children's ministry as a, we have to do it to get the adults. I, I, I have children's ministry uh, that is, it's a priority here. It's not something we do. It's something we want to specialize in. And I'm very proud of Pastor Preston and Pastor Matt. And I believe we have one of the best children's and youth ministries on the planet. Amen? And... And we want to invest as a church in the young ones of Rock Family Church because we believe they're a priority. Uh, Jesus was ministering. The, the crowds are thronging around him. And some parents had got into the group. And they, they were going and approaching Jesus. And they wanted him to lay their hands on their children. And it says that the disciples rebuked them and said, He's busy. He's taking care of real ministry. Can't you see? We got... And Jesus saw what was going down, and Jesus called his men out and rebuked them, and he said, don't you dare suffer the little ones to not come unto me. 
And it says he took the children, stopped all ministry, stopped all demon casting, making water into wine, stopped all the miracles and said, come here, buddy. And he just held him and blessed him and laid his hands on the little children and just released the favor and the promises of God. Just like the song we were singing, for his favor and his glory and his power upon a generation and generation, a thousand generations. We need to bless our children. They're a priority in our church. And then the second time when Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you, Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Take care of my sheep. This is a New Living Translation. And I believe there's that, there's that attribute that we are to nurture. We are to take care of them physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. We're to assist them as they grow through the challenges of life. And that we not only are here to feed them spiritually, but to be involved and engaged in what's going on in their world and their atmosphere. And then the third time, when Peter said, yes, Lord, uh, he said, feed my sheep. And that is a responsibility that I see as a pastor and that as those of you that teach in our children's classes and, and teach in our preschool, we don't just play in preschool, we're teaching them Bible lessons in preschool. And, and, and those that are in leadership, it is our responsibility to bring the good news of the word of God. Taste and see the Lord is good. And I don't want to. I don't want to stand up here. And 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 I spend a lot of time preparing. And I know someone you just said it doesn't feel like it. I forgive you for that. <laughs> I spend a lot of time preparing because here's what I don't want to do as a pastor and as a shepherd. I don't want to stand up here and and open a bag of, of of stale nachos, pour it in a plastic tin, and open up a can of that yellow sauce and pour it over and go, hey, be blessed and well fed. I want to serve you a full course, hot, full-on spiritual meal from the Word of God. And so we're going to have mashed potatoes for the babies in Christ that they can swallow and they can take that. And then for those that are growing in Christ and, and, and your children and, and maybe young adults, we're going to get you those veggies, that you need your veggies. And your mama said you need your veggies. And we're going to challenge you with some scripture to grow you and, and, and to build you healthy. And then we're going to pull out some filet mignon. And you're going to have to chew on it too much because it's good. But we want to leave the mature believer with something to chew on and, and to say yes. And see, we're, not, we're going to be a balanced church and serve a balanced meal. Some people like, well, I just, I just like the deep things of God. Well, if we only serve filet mignon, the babies are going to choke and they're going to die and they're not going to follow Jesus anymore. That's a great place to say amen, but that's okay. Amen to me. I, I, I'm good with it. But we need the vegetables. And then we need to put whipped cream all over that for the unbelievers. Because the unbelievers are going to come in and they're going to go, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know what they're really saying about the Word of God. We're going to put whipped cream on it. We're going to have sermon illustrations and, and things that help people connect and make it practical and real so that they can engage and be involved as well. We got to have dessert. But then let me talk to you about being a shepherd of your home, mom and dad, that you are to care and to nurture and tend to those in your home for their spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical well-being. And then what about some of you bosses, managers, employers, business owners, and entrepreneurs that you need to be the shepherd of your workplace? And too many times in the workplace, it's just like, get the job done, meet the bottom line. But I believe that 
to be a good shepherd in the workplace is to care for the, the people that work with you, that work for you, and, and meeting their needs, and, and being concerned when they're going through maybe a personal problem, a family crisis, that it's more than just a job, that you create a family there in the workplace. So let's go on. In verse 2, it says, watch over it willingly. Watch over the sheep willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you can get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care. I got to pause right here, folks, because this is some direction to pastors and spiritual leaders in the church And in the United States of America, I can't speak for other places, but I'm going to tell you in the United States of America, we have a problem within the church, and it's called sheep abuse and staff abuse. The the context, the text, the letters, the emails, the Facebook messages of, of people that I hear and the stories I hear of people that were abused and, 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 and shepherds that did, didn't serve willingly, and they were out to see what it would do for them. And, and they weren't eager to serve God, but, but they would lord it over people, and you will do this, and you'll do that, and, and it's rampant. Now, just as there are, are some challenged pastors, there is, there is thousands upon thousands on, over them of great pastors and great shepherds that love their sheep and do it willingly. But I'm going to tell you what, in, this, in the 16 years of being the, the lead shepherd and hiring other, other pastors and being in ministry now for almost 40 years, I'm going to tell you that of our current 20 part-time and full-time staff, I will tell you that over 50% of them before they came to us were abused and misused by a previous leader in their life. And they, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to get real. It usually takes a new staff member two years when they've been abused to know that they can trust Kim and I as a leader. In the first two years, if we text them, if we said to them, uh, hey, let's get together after second service today for lunch, we have to say, because we want to hang out with you, not because you're getting fired. We chuckle, but it's true. Because most of them would be called in for a butt chewing. Most of them would be called in and and told what they're not doing right and were never encouraged and told what they were doing good. We need to be cautious. You see, leadership is not about what you can get, but about what you can give. If you want to be a leader, it's not serve me, serve me, serve me, do for me. It's about giving, and it's about sowing, and it's about planting, which leads us to point number two. Shepherds are to humbly serve their sheep. A shepherd is to humbly serve our sheep. And that means, as Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And it's about caring and serving and loving and accepting the sheep. And not all the sheep are going to look good. And not all the sheep are going to smell good. And they're going to come from all different facets, but we're going to gather them together. 
And in Ezekiel chapter 34, the, the Lord is, is giving some direction to shepherds and some, sharing some frustration. He said, what sorrow awaits you shepherds who feed yourselves instead of your flocks? Shouldn't shepherds feed the sheep? You drink the milk, you wear the wool, and you butcher the best animals, but you let your flocks starve. Too many pastors think the people of the church are here for them when we are here for the people. We are here to serve you. We are here for your benefit. You're not here for my benefit. And I think as, as pastors and leaders, we have to be careful on how we can misuse the sheep. And I, let me just share one with you. You see, I could use my leadership to influence you to serve God, or I can use my influence for personal gain and personal satisfaction. You see, I could, I could weave into a message about how that playing golf is one of the most frustrating things in my life, but it's also one of the most fulfilling things on a good day. And, and you know, my clubs, I'm pretty sure it's just my clubs are, are what's causing the bad days. And if I had a new set of golf clubs, I'm sure it would make my golfing days better. And I, I don't need them, by the way. <laughs> Example only. But I could weave that in and use it for me to share a personal need so that somebody would go, that's a shame. That's a shame that he's got golf clubs that are three years old. That's not right. <laughs> I can weave it. I can make it happen. And I promise you, I could use my influence and in two weeks I'd have a brand new set of golf clubs because somebody would go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get those for him. And then the pastor stands up and says, look what the Lord has done. No, it's called manipulation. The Lord had nothing to do with it. I was using my influence to manipulate you to feel sorry for me. And I was using my platform, which the rest of you don't have, to share your need. And I got to put my voice out to a couple thousand people and share a need. And the odds are, out of 2,000, somebody's going to go, I'm going to buy him some golf clubs. Okay, hear me. I don't need golf clubs. I am just fine. I'm a bad golfer, and a new club is not going to help anybody. <laughs> but you understand where I'm coming from. It goes on in Ezekiel 34. It says, Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, you abandoned my flock, and you left them to be attacked by every wild animal. It is my job to defend when the wolf comes. It is my job to defend the sheep when the, when the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It is my job to stand in faith with you and agree that when the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, to fight the good fight of faith with you. That's what I'm called to do. But it says, and though you were my shepherds, you didn't search for my sheep when they were lost. You took care of yourselves, you greedy, selfish leader, Dean's Amplified Version, <laughs> and left the sheep to starve. There are pastors that have not been searching for the lost sheep. 
Why do we have an invitation every time we gather? Why are we reaching out to our community with the good news of Christ? Because there are hundreds and thousands of sheep that are lost and we are going to go find them and I'm going to lead the charge. And I'm going to tell you what, Jesus said when you have a hundred sheep and you count and you have 99 and one is missing, he said leave the 99 to go find the one that is lost. And that means you might come up and you might go, pet my hand, I have a little boo-boo, and I might not give you attention to rub your head and to tickle your ears because I'm on a mission to go find the lost. Don't get offended. Are you with me? Because our mission is to reach the world. You're in. You're saved. And yes, I love you and I want to care for you and we're a family and we're going to be a part of that. But, but sometimes people get offended. You walk right past me. I'm in the lobby and I said hi and you didn't say hi back. I'm deaf. I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. All right? And, and, and don't get offended at the little things. I want to find another church. Stop it. Grow up. Okay? We love you and we are glad you're here. But we are mission minded to reach the lost of this city with the good news of Jesus Christ. A good shepherd, I believe, will smell like sheep. You see, there's pastors that they don't like being around the sheep. And, and they don't like, when they're done preaching, they don't go out there and stay in the lobby and let the sheep all rub up against them and shake hands and, and put COVID on them and all that kind of stuff. No. They're like, don't touch me. They go to the little back room and, and they hide out because they have to rest. I slept last night. I don't need to rest in between services. I work out at the gym so I can stand for two hours. I'm good. Guess what, though? I like sheep. And I like to smell like sheep. And yes, sometimes sheep smell really bad. And there's some really tough and challenging issues that people face. But I believe a true shepherd should be smack in the middle of what is happening. And here's all I ask you is please let us know when you're going through a hard time, a difficulty, a tragedy. One of the things that ticks this shepherd off is when I hear, I see you on a Sunday, I go, how you been? How was your week? Well, I was in the hospital last week for three days. You didn't let the shepherd know you were in the hospital? Well, it was not a big deal. Just let us know when you're going through a difficulty, a hard time. Let us pray with you at least. Amen? Amen. All right. We've got to keep going here. Let's go on to verse... Three, it says, but lead them by your own good example. Point number three, shepherds set a standard for others to follow. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He said, imitate me. And my challenge to you as a leader and as a shepherd is to say, follow and do what I do. Here's the way to climb the mountain. Here's how to go up in the shadow of the Most High and abide in His presence. I'm challenging you to go the way I go. And here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're a part of this church, you might as well know it. Uh, I, I found some, uh, came across some photos that a friend sent of the very first, the very first Bible study when 27, eight people gathered in my living room and I said, we're going to start a church. And they, have, they had sent me photos of it. I'll show it to you some other time. From that very first time, you say, 
every, everyone talks about Rock Family Church is so friendly. I've I, I just not, not been in a lot of churches like this. It's so friendly. Why is Rock Family Church so friendly? Because from that very first Bible study, Kim and I were warmly greeting, embracing, and being friendly. When we were in the elementary school, we were warmly greeting and embracing and being friendly. And that's the way we still are. And guess what? It's contagious. And people get what we are. And if you're going to come to Rock Family Church, you're going to find out that you're contagious about children and youth events. And whenever we do a kids outreach, like our Christmas outreach, it'll be coming up shortly. People stand in line and fight. I want, I want to adopt a kid. I want to buy some presents. There's no more kids. Can you get more kids for us to buy Christmas presents for? Why do people respond? Because Kim and I are passionately about ministering to teenagers and about reaching children with the good news of Christ because we know that 90% that are going to make a commitment to Christ do so before the age of 18. And why are, why, why are we so committed to the loss? Why does this church cheer and clap and celebrate when somebody says yes to Jesus? Because Dean and Kim are passionate about reaching the lost. And why is this church... In 16 years, never had a financial crisis. Why is this church so financially sound and healthy? Why is there an abundance? And, and, and we're, we got a, a, million, a million and a half, some uh, HVAC system, and, and, and we're working towards, we want to pay the whole thing off. Why are we able to do that? Because from the very first day this church started, when I didn't receive a salary for the first year, when, I didn't, when we received a two-for-one salary for the two of us both working for one salary in the first five years, years four, two through six, and whatever, we said when the church began, Dean and Kim Hawk are going to be the number one top givers that this church has in our history. And I can tell you for 16 years, we're typically in the top three. Some of you have upped your game and you bumped me out to number four or five. <laughs> And I'm telling you, I'm coming back. But what is it happening? Because we are generous, we've created an atmosphere of generosity. So if you like being stingy, you're in the wrong place. If you want to be a generous person, it's going to rub off on you. You're going to be like, I just don't know why, but I just want to bless that person with some money. It's because you're hanging out with a shepherd that likes to give stuff away. It's a great place to say amen. All right, we got to keep going. Let's go to verse 4. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. What is it saying? Number 4, a shepherd's full reward will be revealed in heaven. Nobody goes into occupational ministry for the paycheck. I'm just going to tell you. It's, it's not about the, the benefits. It's not about the pension. It's about that we get to serve the Most High God and be Jesus' hands and be Jesus' feet and, and serve the ultimate great shepherd as one of his supportive shepherds. Amen? Now, let's go to verse 5. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. You who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. Point number five, we must trust the voices of wisdom God has put in our life. And one of my greatest frustration points as a pastor and a shepherd is, is, is I see people going through things and I see people doing things and they never say, hey, pastor, what do you think of that? Hey, pastor, got any wisdom or insight on that? And it's like, oh, there they go. Right? There's a bridge out. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> I could save some people so much trouble. Like, 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 like you're getting involved with that married man or married woman and you're having that affair. 
What makes you think if he or she cheated on their spouse to have a fling with you and that they are your soulmate and that you get rid of yours and get with them, what makes you think that they won't cheat on you just as they cheated on their last one? Here's the way I would put it. Put it on the side screen for me. A donkey will never produce a thoroughbred marriage, folks. Just let that sink in a bit. Think about what you're trying to hook up with and what you're trying to produce. All right? We need, we need to think about it. We, 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 need, we need to allow Jesus to be the Lord over our finances and not making us Lord over our finances. I can show you the way. It works. It works. Trust those that have a voice of wisdom in your life. And I would ask you this and challenge you with this. Who is the multitude of counselors in your life? Who can say no to you? Who, who will you listen to and listen to their wisdom and counsel? Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.